Okay, welcome back to another episode of 27,000 Days. Here's to me finally sitting down and recording this episode. I think this week I am going to take some time to talk about how I travel on a budget. You know, it's so important to me and I know so many other people to be able to see the world and experience all these different places, these different activities, and make the most of life while also not spending that much money. And for those of you who know me really well, you know that cheap cheap is the way I like to do things. So if I can spend as little money as possible while still making the most of an experience and still seeing the world, that's what I'm going to do. The experiences that I talk about in this episode, again, they just pertain to me and what I have done and how I've managed to save money while traveling and going on little adventures. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Okay, so first things first, let's talk about different travel options. For me, I have traveled by plane, of course, car, of course, and also by bus. And I think with each of those experiences, I've learned different things on how to navigate the system a little bit. Granted, I don't have nearly as much experience traveling by bus as I do with plane or um, driving places. And I don't know, I feel like I've made it pretty clear in past episodes that my preferred form of travel is in the car. I just think it's easier. You can do a lot more. You have a lot more freedom. And usually it's cheaper, I think. But so yeah, I'm going to talk about those three options, those three forms of travel. So first, let's talk about flying. Now, the number one thing that I do when I fly is try to make my flight as cheap as possible. So not paying to pick where I sit, not paying to, um, basically just paying for the cheapest seat option as possible. But another thing that I do is not check a bag. So some flights will let you bring a carry-on, some um, airlines don't, and sometimes you have to pay extra to bring that carry-on. So actually a couple weeks ago when I traveled to Omaha, I didn't want to pay extra to bring a carry-on, so I brought this little tiny bag. It was probably the size of like a really, really small backpack, and I squeezed as much as I could in there. Not a ton fit, but I still, I didn't want to pay the extra price to bring a bag. So I think one of the most important things, and one of the things that I do a lot, is narrowing down what I actually need. I don't do this nearly as much when I'm traveling by car, but if you actually think about it and you think about the stuff that you actually need to use, um, it's easier to pack really, really light and makes, makes for a cheaper, cheaper um, experience when you're flying. Now, I think sometimes flying seems like it's the most expensive option, and in some cases it, it really, really is, but in other cases, it ends up being either just as much as it would cost you to drive or maybe sometimes cheaper. It's important to learn how to navigate the system. And I am by no means an expert. I just have been flying a lot lately and have kind of started to pick up on trends and when to start looking for flights. So one of the apps that I use to track flights is called Hopper. And 
Um, I, they usually provide pretty good deals and they allow you to go on and track like when, um, flight prices are going to drop and everything like that, which is super convenient. I know there are other apps out there too. And, um, by the way, not, not a sponsored, uh, feature on this episode. I just really enjoy the app and have been able to get a couple of cheap flights on there because I'm able to put in the dates that I want to go and they keep track on when the price drops. And then they also do this this really nice thing where they'll tell you when they think you should book a flight by to get the cheapest dates possible. Um, That's super convenient for me because sometimes I'm booking flights really far out in advance. Uh, I've been told for years, and I think it's proven to be true, but I've been told to book flights on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Those seem to be the cheapest days. And then, like I said previously, really just doing anything you can to save money. So not paying to pick a seat and kind of being okay with where they're going to put you. I mean, I've had some pretty not great um, seats on flights, but... I mean, I saved, what, $30, $40 instead of having to pay that. And then, like I said, not checking a bag. Another thing about um, flying is you need to figure out how you're going to get to and from the airport. I think the most obvious solution to that is having someone pick you up and drop you off. But in my case, um, especially since I'm out here in Idaho and You know, I I have friends out here, but, you know, they've got their own lives and their own things to do. So I I could pay for an Uber, but I don't live too far away from the airport. So I just walk. Um, So being creative with stuff like that, I think, is also important. And thinking outside of the box, you know, to help you get to the airport. Because paying to park at the airport for the time that you're gone is, it's not always cheap. And... Yeah, you could pay for an Uber, and for me, it wouldn't be that expensive to Uber to the airport, but if you live further away, sometimes it does get pretty pricey, so, you know, leaning on those those good people in your life, and then, you know, paying it forward when they need a ride to and from the airport is always a very nice thing to do. Okay, next form of travel that I have a little bit of experience in, not a ton, and it's definitely been a while since I've traveled this way but um traveling by bus is always an option and usually is not too pricey either uh my personal experience consists of traveling on the mega bus um i took it from omaha to chicago a couple of times and it wasn't too bad but i i will say that it definitely takes a longer amount of time when you're traveling on the bus. So for example, driving from Omaha to Chicago usually is a six and a half, seven hour drive. And if you take the mega bus, it, I think usually it was like 12 and a half hours. It just, it was a very, very long trip. So you're paying really cheap prices, but you are sacrificing your time, which Whenever I took the Megabus, I always took it overnight. So I would leave in the evening from Omaha or Chicago and then um, drive through the night. So, I mean, I would try to sleep on the bus, but it's never never the easiest. Um, I don't really know 
where the Megabus travels, if it travels everywhere in the U.S. or just um, a couple of places. I know um, throughout the Midwest, I'm pretty sure they offer services, but I don't know about other parts. Um, I think also with the Megabus, that was another thing that with choosing your seats. Now, obviously, the cheapest seats are going to be the worst seats, but they're cheap and you're saving money. The only other time that I have experienced traveling by bus was when I was studying in Spain a couple years ago, and my roommate and I ended up traveling from Madrid to this little town called Cuenca, and the bus was super cheap. It was only like two, two and a half hours, and um, it didn't cost that much, and it wasn't that long of a drive. I know that traveling by bus isn't that uncommon out there but that's just the little experience that I have with it and I think it's just um, important to be open to all possibilities and then the bus also comes in handy when maybe you don't have a car and you need to get somewhere without paying for you know a flight I know that was why I was taking the Megabus. I didn't have a car, and it was just cheaper to pay for the bus than to fly. And like I said, sometimes you just got to sacrifice being comfy for saving money, especially when the priority is traveling and seeing the world. Okay, so if it wasn't clear... Um, traveling by bus, not super experienced in it, and I'm sure there are tons of people out there who know the ins and out of how to make it the cheapest you can possibly make it and travel using bus on a budget, but I am not one of those people. I just have very limited experience, but I do know that it's an option, and I do still occasionally look into it, although it's not, it just doesn't make sense for me right now out in Idaho and if I were taking a bus all the way back to Nebraska or Illinois, it just, it makes more sense to fly and maybe, maybe one day drive, probably not. I don't know. Anyways. So moving on to what I am most experienced in is road trips and traveling by car. I think for me, gas has always been the most expensive part of it, but if you're not really paying for anything else, it it evens out. I mean, of course, you know, you need to pay for food and a place to stay, but even then, I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit, but sometimes you don't even need to pay for a place to stay. And so then when you're really just paying for the gas, it, like I said, it evens out. I think when you're traveling by car, One of the easiest things or easiest traps to fall into is stopping for food. I know I fall victim to this all the time when I'm on a long road trip and then I see just like a little fast food place off in the distance. I'm like, oh, I should definitely stop, get some food. Or I walk into the gas station and decide, oh yeah, you know what? I need a couple of snacks. I think the best way to navigate this is bringing your own food. So stocking up on really easy um, ingredients, supplies to be able to make something while you're on the road. So for example, 
a lot of times in the past, like I've gone to the grocery store, I've gotten stuff to make sandwiches, but just really simple sandwiches and enough that it'll last me the entire time that I am away. So for example, when my roommate or my old roommate and I ended up going to Utah for a weekend, we went to the grocery store, got bread, mustard, and I think just some turkey and some lettuce really simple sandwiches but they fill you up and you can make them on the go no problem whatsoever and then stocking up on food like you know jerky and granola bars stuff that's easy to pack and yeah fills you up and then I think another thing to navigate while oh also one one more thing like I said though I'm definitely a sucker for trying new restaurants and stopping at like cute little mom and pop places along the way so for me I usually make an exception for that and include it in my travel budget I like I know myself well enough at this point to know that I'm gonna want to stop at these places and you know what it's it's okay like I'm traveling to experience and see the world around me so if I want to stop at a little mom and pop restaurant while I'm adventuring to uh, Nevada, I don't know, then why not? Why not make the most of it? Okay, so while you're road tripping, you know, if you're going a really far distance, you're definitely going to need a place to stay or, you know, what, wherever you end up, if you're not going to stay at someone's house, there are definitely cheaper options than just getting a hotel room. One of my favorite things to do on a road trip is find free campgrounds. I think I've talked about this before in a different episode, but one of the apps that I use is called The Dirt, and they show you really just any campgrounds that are near the area that you're at or where you're going, and they make it really easy to navigate, and they give you directions, and you're able to, um, you know, able to get to a cheap or free campground and have a nice place to stay for the night. I will say they also do a really good job of um, highlighting maybe which campgrounds to avoid and which ones are, you know, better than others. People do go on and leave reviews, and some of them just don't seem so great. So, you know, it is what it is. Another thing that I have done is I've just slept in my car, I think it's important to note that you, first things first, of course, make sure that you're in a safe area before you just pull off and sleep in your car, especially if you're traveling alone, but also making sure that it's a place where you're allowed to sleep. That's something that really stresses me out when I'm traveling and I don't know, um, you know, the safest options or the best places to sleep or where I'm allowed to sleep. And I've definitely had experiences where I've showed up, gone on a road trip, and ended up in a place 14 hours away and had not made plans to find a place to sleep. And it just causes a lot of unnecessary stress. So prepare yourself before you go. And if you are planning on sleeping in your car, make sure you have an idea or a list of places where you can go and you can do that. But it's super easy. You just bring a sleeping bag or blankets or whatever, set it up in 
the back of your car if you can, if you got room, and just, I don't know, sleep there for a little bit. Okay, so let's say that sleeping in your car or camping does not sound appealing to you. I know that my mom, my mom has definitely warmed up to those ideas, but when I first proposed them to her, she wasn't too keen on them. So it's not for everybody, definitely get that. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, it's so popular now, but I think one of the best options in finding a cheap place to stay is going through Airbnb. And that's what a lot of my experience has been too, is just um, booking on Airbnb. Now, I think in order to make it the cheapest experience, you know, you can either, you know, get your own place or you can share um, a living space with someone. Now, I know that also probably doesn't sound that great to a lot of people, and I get that because sometimes I feel that way too, but I've I've done both. I've gotten my own place through Airbnb, and I have also stayed in um, someone else's apartment or just like rented a room, or not rented a room, but, you know, paid to stay in a room for a night. And... I get it. It can be uncomfortable because you want your own place. But again, if you're traveling on a budget and the goal is to just see the place that you're going to, then that might be a sacrifice that you're willing to make. Of course, you know, reading the reviews and finding out if the place you're booking is safe and comfortable and if previous travelers have felt that it's comfortable, then I say, why not? Um, Why not go for it? And I mean, you meet really cool people out of it, so why it's why not? It's a good experience and you know, you save money. I think when it comes to just traveling as a whole, if the overall goal and point of traveling and seeing the world around you is just that, then you know, some sacrifices need to be made. And I think you get the best stories and the best experiences when you put yourself out there. So, you know, staying in a room of someone's apartment for a night or two and getting to meet the host and meeting someone from a different part of the country or a different part of the world can be actually very beneficial. And I know from my own experience, but also from friends of mine who have done that, that they have just met so many incredible people and made lifelong friends through doing that. And of course, saving money so you can put that money towards other things, whether it's on your trip or not. Let's talk about what to do and how to be financially smart about it. Again, this is from my own experience. So what I have done and it's really it's it might be pretty specific because like I said I'm I'm talking about what I like to do and how I've managed to save money while doing it so first things first one of my favorite things to do is to travel to national parks if I have the opportunity to go on a road trip and the time to go on a road trip one of my favorite places to go is to a national park. Doesn't matter where, I've got a whole list of them that I haven't been to yet that I desperately want to check out. But I think it's important to note that I have learned that usually 
well, in my experience, it has been cheaper to just get the annual National Parks Pass if rather than just paying to visit um, that day. So, for example, when I was traveling in Moab, Utah, it was cheaper for me to pay for the annual pass rather than just paying to get into each park. Or I guess I should rephrase. If you're just going to one national park and that's it, one day, then yeah, paying the price for the day pass makes more sense. But if you're going to be hitting a bunch of different parks, um, it makes more sense to do the annual pass because those day passes, they really start to add up. So like I was saying, when I was in Moab, I ended up going to a couple different places. We visited arches and canyonlands, and instead of paying the separate park fees to get into those places each day, it just made sense to buy an annual pass that ended up, I think it totaled $80, and usually a daily pass, it varies depending on the park, but usually it comes out to like $30, $35, give or take a little bit, depending on where you're at and which park you're going into. But so it just, it doesn't make sense if you're going to be spending a weekend in Arches National Park and you pay that um, daily entrance fee every day, it just makes sense to do the $80 one-time fee. So looking for stuff like that too. I think it's important to note like like I said, if you're just going to do one park, then yeah, it's cheaper to do the daily, the daily pass. And I think when it really starts to make a difference is when you're planning, like when you're visiting like three parks, um, at a time, then it just, it ends up being cheaper to just do the annual cost and then you get access to all of them. So I see that as a win. I think it's also important to think about um, all the free different activities that you can do in whatever place you're traveling to. So for me, if I'm traveling to some random place, I really like to Google and see what they have going on, if they have anything going on that weekend that I'm going to be in town. Whether it's a farmer's market, free concerts on the green, um, really just any festivals because most places especially in the summer they have a lot going on and I know that changed when COVID hit but I'm thinking as the world starts opening up again there will be more and more of these free activities that allow you to really just engage in um, the local culture and life around you which is a very exciting and fun thing to do and again like I said this all is specific to me. So if you don't like going to the farmer's market when you're in your hometown, maybe that's not something that you want to do when you're traveling to Boise, Idaho, you know? So looking for things that you're interested in. Or if going to the art museum is one of your favorite things to do, looking to see if they have any discounts for the days that you're going to be in town or whatever. Really just Googling to see what is available and seeing if you could work your way around it. Um, For me, another big, big thing, and usually, well, not always free if it's, you know, in a national park or a state park or whatever, but very minimal fees is hiking. I love hiking. I will spend all day hiking. It's one of my favorite things to do. So 
a lot of my road trips or whenever I go on trips, one of the big things that I always look for is hiking trails. So that's a fun little cheap thing to do. And then I kind of mentioned too, museums. I know coming from Chicago, there were quite a few times where the museums downtown would offer a couple of free days throughout the year or like discounted days. And those are really good to take advantage of. So if you're traveling to a bigger city like Chicago, which has some incredible museums that everybody should go visit at least at some point in their life. Even if you don't like museums, you find them really boring, I I guarantee that you will find something that you like out of the many museums downtown Chicago. I think it's also important to avoid the tourist traps, which can be a hard thing to do because there's a reason that they're tourist traps. There's a reason they draw so many people in and there's probably a few that you probably should go see at some point in your life, but it's not all that you need to do. I think it's really important to kind of venture off, um, venture away from the mainstream activities, learning what the locals do. I mean, we live in a, a time where you can Google what locals like where locals like to eat what locals like like to do in the specific town or city that you're going to obviously not all the time depends on where you're going but more often than not if you put the research in you can find that I think another favorite thing of mine to do while I am traveling and if I'm traveling by myself is to stop into a, a restaurant in town I did this in Arkansas and talk to the people working there. They always have incredible suggestions of what to do and what to check out because they know their town. And sometimes you'll get the inside scoop on things, which is really exciting. And, you know, you could specify. You could be like, yeah, I'm traveling on a budget. Any suggestions? And just go from there. Okay, another thing that I love to do, and usually doesn't cost you any money unless it's There's a few that I can think of, but most of the time it doesn't. When I'm road tripping, I love to see if I can find any ghost towns. Ghost towns, I've I've mentioned before, but they absolutely fascinate me. Like, I think they are some of the coolest places to go and see. And usually, they don't cost any money. Uh, You kind of need to research them a little bit, make sure you're not... um, like make sure it's not dangerous and a lot of them are on private property so making sure that it's okay to go there and visit but those are fun little free activities to do too and then kind of along the same line of traveling to old towns when you're in a city or you're in a smaller town kind of spending some time in their historic part of town you know a lot of places have their historic downtowns or whatever and or historic parts of their town and usually there's something cool to see down there even if you're down there for like 30 minutes it's still a cool free activity to check out like I said um doing your research figuring out where the locals gather because they usually they've got a pretty good idea of what makes their town or their city worth it another favorite thing of mine when I'm road tripping 
or I guess this is more so just to pass the time in general. You're probably, it's not an activity to do while you're in a town, but while you're driving or on a bus or flying, just when you're traveling in general, I think it's such a great time to tell stories. And I love hearing other people's stories. It's always been a favorite thing, a favorite thing for me to do. And I definitely, I recommend it. And when you're in the car with someone or you're on the bus with someone or even on the plane with someone for a really, really, really long time, you get to learn a lot about people. And that just enhances the experience overall, which makes any traveling that you're doing worth it and makes for some great stories to tell the next time you're traveling. So I think just some key points to traveling on a budget is making sure that you maintain an open mind and being prepared that maybe plans will fall through just in case you don't want to spend so much money on an activity or checking out a place but being open-minded about the fact that there are other possibilities and other things to do I think another important thing that I I need to remind myself of and I think a lot of people need to hear it too, but just because you're saving money or you're traveling on a budget doesn't need that you need, doesn't mean that you need to miss out on anything. You can still make the most of your time and see the world around you, which is awesome. I think another important thing too is picking and choosing what you're doing. Kind of like what I said before, having an open mind so maybe one thing doesn't work out but you're able to replace it with something even better that you didn't even think of until you got to that town and you talk to the locals in the restaurant that you visited for me when I am traveling on a budget especially I know like I mentioned before maybe I'll sacrifice doing an activity to try a local highly rated restaurant or vice versa I will go and do the activity instead of trying the restaurant it really just comes down to what seems to be more important and more interesting in that moment and knowing that you're not missing out on anything if you're having a good time you're not missing out you're making the most of it and then another important thing for me is that I sometimes need to work on being okay with the idea that I'm going to spend a little bit more money than I originally planned on when I planned my trip. Like I said, things change and sometimes you're in the moment and you want to make the most of it and you spend a little bit more and that's that's okay. Obviously, within reason, don't go dropping money that you don't have, but... If you want to pay an extra $10, $20, $30 to go to a museum or a festival or whatever it is that you want to do and you feel in that moment that it's going to enhance your overall adventure, then like, I think that's okay. And I'm not going to sit here and say that that's something that I do all the time, but it's something that I'm working on and I've tried to incorporate that mindset into more and more of my travels and my adventures. As I 
try to bring this episode to a close. I feel like I rambled a bit and maybe wasn't totally coherent with my train of thought and was kind of all over the place. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it wasn't as interesting as I thought it would be when I originally planned this episode. Regardless, as I try to bring this episode to a close, I think what I'm trying to say is, yes, it's important to save money, but also sometimes the memories that you're going to make are more important. And just remind yourself, you're traveling for a reason. Why not make the most of it? I think for a really long time, it took me a while to get to that mindset. And I I did. I missed out on some things because I wasn't being open-minded and I wasn't looking for all of the potential experiences that I could be having. As I close this episode, I want to end with this quote by Ernest Hemingway that has always just stuck with me, and I personally think it's relevant to this episode. Maybe it's not, but I really do think it is. Anyways, so here's the quote. I'm just going to say it, I don't know, awkwardly transition into it. Anyways, here it goes. We ate well and cheaply and drank well and cheaply and slept well and warm together and loved each other. I think just because something's on a budget doesn't mean that it can't be an absolutely incredible experience. So thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of me sitting here and talking. Like I said, I don't know if this is interesting to everybody, but it's something that's interesting to me and I figured I could talk about it for a little bit, so why not? And I think as I have more travel experiences, I'll be able to speak more to this um, subject as well. But I'm going to end this episode here tonight as uh, there's a storm rolling in and my lights have been flickering for... Uh, a little bit now so if I sound distracted on this episode that's why because my lights keep flickering and I'm starting to get a little nervous but that's fine it's okay I hope everybody listening is having a great day great night whatever you're doing just I hope I hope it's a good day I hope it's a good day for you I will be back next week not sure what I'm talking about yet I've got a couple of ideas we'll see what happens but Have a good one, everyone. Thanks so much. Bye.